Welcome to Word of Life Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will move to and through you from today's message. And while you're here, go ahead and head over to our online platform, thelifeonline.cc, where you'll find content on all kinds of topics like forgiveness, healing, prophecy, faith, and so much more. So check it out at thelifeonline.cc and enjoy today's message. Well, I'm happy to be here with y'all today to share a little bit. There's people still singing. I love it. Christmas time is like some of my favorite time of the year. I'm a big Christmas gal, and I almost wore like Christmas earrings and went full send, but it's not December yet, so I'm holding back just a little bit, if that's okay. <laughs> Doesn't matter. You can wear it anytime. Um, yeah. How's everyone's Thanksgiving? Good? Are you nice and full? Did we leave the table heavier? Just a little bit, but I hope that everybody walked in here today lighter. If not, I'll pray that we walk out lighter. Amen. (laughs) Amen. Because I know all those leftovers, they get you, huh? Yeah. Well, good. I'm excited to share. Um, It's that time of year. I feel like it's just flown by. I cannot believe it's almost December now. And we're almost to 2023. That's crazy. It's like insane. Anybody else a little shook by that? Yeah? Do you guys do that thing where you like reflect on the year, try to take it all in, figure out what's next? Some goal setters? Not really. You know, I feel like we're supposed to do that because that's what they say to do. Like take this time, get your word for the year, get your word for the season. And normally I don't do that because I'm not like a goal setter kind of person. Like, obviously, I have goals, but the pressure of a New Year's resolution, I just cannot handle. I don't know why, because the last person I want to disappoint is myself, so usually I, like, swerve on that. But this year, I did it. (laughs) I did some reflecting, and I keep a journal. I don't know if anybody else does, but I keep a journal. I did not write in it as much as I probably should have. I had maybe 20 entries for the whole year, but it still counts. And if you don't, if you do have a journal, I want to encourage you, take some time to look back and and read it. It's super cringy and uncomfortable because you don't realize like how moody you are until you read your words later. And I'm a moody girl. I didn't even know that. (laughs) But I was like reading through my journal and I could see my good days and my bad days I could see when I was really hopeful (laughs) for things at the start of the year, and then I could see like a few months later where I was like, man, I don't know if this is ever going to come through. And I kept reading and and laughing to myself about all the things, Um, but I did realize a few things as I was going through my journals. And what I realized is that I, those journal entries were actually like prayers to the Lord. You know, they ended up being like conversations between me and God. Sometimes it was just me, like stream of consciousness, trying to get everything down. But other times there were direct asks to God. And there were also promises from God that were in there. And I realized that there were some things that the Lord told me to do over the course of the year that I didn't do. Some things I did do, so yay. But some other things I didn't do. And, you know, we're family. We're friends. I feel like I can be honest. Sometimes you miss steps from God. And it's not out of rebellion or 
you know, just being opposed to him and just being so comfortable. Like genuinely, I'm the type of person where I busy myself and I forget. You know, you're so looking forward to the next step or the next project or the next thing on your to-do list that you kind of forget like the main thing that you're supposed to do. Anybody? Just me? That's fine. It can just be me. You're gonna learn a lot about me today, apparently. <laughs> But I, I saw the things that the Lord had told me to do that I didn't do. And I saw some themes just kind of like in my prayer time and, and those conversations with God that I have decided to pick up and carry over into the next year. And I think the Lord wanted me to share this with you guys because there are things that you need to pick up and carry over into this next year. And I don't want to wait until January 1st to do it. We got to be prepared now is what... God told me. So that's, that's kind of where I'm at. And one of the things that he, he spoke to me um, was the word promotion. Amen. Hallelujah. Yeah, the word promotion. If that bore witness with you, 23 is for you. <laughs> I'm going to be believing with you and we're going to celebrate with you. That promotion is coming. But I realized that the promotion that, that we might be looking for can, can be different in all different seasons. You can be promoted at work, of course. You can be promoted in your relationship, like some of you are gonna go from girlfriend to wife, promotion. Some of you might go from child to parent. There are so many different ways that we can be promoted in this coming year. And I want to encourage you, if you don't know what the Lord has for you or what that promotion looks like, spend some time with him, grab a journal, and write it out and, and reflect on that. But when I was thinking about promotion and, and, and what that means for me, I, I'm taking it as a promise because it's something that the Lord spoke to me. And he is a man of his word. We just, someone just said that on stage, I can't remember if it was Maria or Mal, but they said that the Lord, he is a man of his word. He's not going to lie to you. So if you're meant to be promoted in some way, form, or fashion, it's got to happen, right? We've got to put our faith on it because it's God's word. So yeah, God's word. He's faithful to do it. And so how can we take God at his word when he talks about promotion? Because scripture tells us that. And I have a couple scriptures that we're going we're gonna to go through uh, and a couple stories. So hopefully it all makes sense and it clicks, all right? Y'all with me? Fabulous. Love it. Uh, the first scripture I want to look at is Hebrews 12.1. And it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and let's throw off the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. But the part in that scripture that just really sticks out to me is the part that we're supposed to run a race. And it's not just any old race, it's a race that has been set for us. It's very specific. And so what I'm called to do is different than what any of you guys are called to do. But it is set. That means it cannot be altered. It cannot be changed. It is fixed before you. 
And so if we can go into this new year, you know, with that promotion at the finish line or whatever it might be, making sure that our eyes are fixed on Jesus as we're on this race that we're running, we're going to get there one way or the other, right? And I don't know if you guys have ever raced. I thought, I started thinking about the last time I raced anyone. Don't know if you guys know this about me, not exactly a runner. I tell all my friends I only run if I'm in danger. (laughs) And I thought about this one time, literally like the last time I probably ran or raced I was at Word of Life, we were having a staff meeting, this was probably in like 2018, and I am what we call time challenged, (laughs) and if a meeting starts at 10, I'm there probably like 10.01, 10.02, right? Which to me is on time, but I recognize to most people that is late. Working on it, working on myself, I'll make it a resolution, right? So we're going to this meeting, and I'm like, okay, I'm probably going to be last. It's fine. i got to cross the building. So I go, and as I'm getting close to the room where we're meeting, I see Brian Butler, our youth pastor, just kind of like lightly jog out because he forgot something. And I was like, ha, I'm not going to be the last one into this meeting. Great. So I'm just taking my time walking, and then I hear these footsteps behind me. And I look, and I just see this flurry of curly hair running behind me. And I don't know what prompted me, but I was like, it's on. And so I started to run, (laughs) because I didn't want to be late to this meeting. I didn't want to be last to the meeting. And I was like, oh, uh -uh, there's no way. He made a lap all the way to his office and back, and is going to beat me. So I took off. I did beat him there. I was very far ahead of him, and I was out of breath, right? But I knew I had a race to run that day, and I made it in time. And I know that's like a funny story of running, but I I realized that I'm running a race every single day, right? And I need to be aware of my steps and where I'm going so that I am not late, so that someone doesn't beat me to the destination, right? I have to be mindful of my next steps and try not to be distracted by those around me that might get me off course, but in fact help me stay the course. And honestly, if it hadn't been for Brian sprinting to that meeting, mind you, I probably still would have been late. So you do need community and people who will help you on your race to get you there on time. But we have a race that's set before us that will get us to that magical word, that magical land of promotion. Psalm 75 Uh, It's in the Passion Translation. It says this, This I know, that the favor that brings promotion and power doesn't come from anywhere on earth, for no one exalts a person but God. The true judge of all, he alone determines where favor rests. He anoints one for greatness and brings another down to his knees. Promotion comes from God. That is something that you've got to know. So not only is it a word for this season, it's a promise And it can only, like the real promotion, there are things that we can get naturally, but the stuff that that is going to remedy your heart, the stuff that's going to push you forward and inspire you and, and bring passion into your life, that kind of promotion that pushes you forward, it comes from God. Jeremiah 29, 11, we all know this one. And if you don't, no shame, we're going to read it. It says, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. God, he wants to prosper us. 
not keep us where we are. And maybe I'm speaking to someone in here who's felt a little stagnant in life. Shake that off. You have a race that is set before you that you are called to run. You have a promotion that's been promised in God's word that he is speaking directly to your heart. Now is your time. Don't wait. Don't be a bystander. Be active in pursuing those things of God. Sound good? In, in the word, there are a lot of stories of promotion. And when I was looking into this, um, the one that stood out to me is in 1 Kings. And 1 Kings, the first chapter, uh, King David, he's like on his deathbed, right? He is on his way out. So one of his sons, Adonijah, says, it is my time. <laughs> and he takes the throne, conveniently doesn't invite certain people to his like, big moment coronation thing, has a full-on feast, okay? Like, the town is saying, like, praise him. He is the new king. And what I love about this is that God's word earlier, it says that actually David's son Solomon is supposed to inherit the throne, right? So Solomon's mom is a good mom. And a lot of you in here are moms, and I believe you were that mother. She noticed what was going on and said, Weird. I think I remember a promise where my son was supposed to be on the throne. So what does she do? She goes to David and says, I thought you promised me that my son was supposed to be on the throne. She's a fighting mama, the mom that goes up to the teacher after your kid comes home and says that she did me wrong. She's the mom that's going to go talk to the teacher and say, what did you say to my child? Surely you have not met them because they are perfect. There is a promise for my son. What happened? So I, I love that because I have a mom like that, and I feel like some of you guys do too. And I love what it says in verse um, 30. After she's confronted him, David says this, I will surely carry out this very day what I swore to you by the Lord, the God of Israel. Solomon, your son, shall be king after me, and he will sit on my throne and in my place. Okay. She said, well, good, consider it handled. I knew my baby was supposed to be on that throw. Fast forward a little bit. Um, verse, let's say, 37. As the Lord was with my Lord the king, so may he be with Solomon to make his throne even greater than the throne of my Lord King David. So Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaiah the son of Jehodia, the Carathites and the Pelathites went down and had Solomon mount King David's mule, and they escorted him to Gihon. And Zadok the priest took the, horn and, took the horn of oil from the sacred tent and anointed Solomon. Then they sounded the trumpet, and all the people shouted, Long live King Solomon. And all the people went up after him, playing pipes and rejoicing greatly, so that the ground shook with the sound. Adonijah and all the guests who were with him heard it as they were finishing their feast. On hearing the sound of the trumpet, Joab asked, what is the meaning of all this noise in the city? Even as he was speaking, Jonathan, son of Abathar, the priest arrived. Adonijah said, come in, a worthy man like you must be bringing good news. And he says, not at all, which I love. <laughs> not at all, Jonathan answered. Our Lord King David has made Solomon king. The king has sent with him Zadok the priest, Nathan the prophet, Benaniah the son of Jehoda, the Carathites and the Pelathites, 
and they have put him on the king's mule. And Zadok the priest and Nathan the prophet have anointed him king at Gihon. From there they have gone up cheering, and the city resounds with it. You see, this is a great story that protected the line of David. Because after Solomon, there's a few generations, and then comes Jesus. So it's very important that things happened in the right order, right? But what stands out to me in here is that God spoke a promise that Solomon was meant to be on this throne. And even in the natural, even though someone took what was supposed to be his, God intervened and made sure that Solomon got his portion, that Solomon got his promotion, that Solomon got his promise. And if he did it then, why wouldn't he do it now? Some of you are living in a space where you're like, I was supposed to be promoted by now. I was supposed to have that promotion at work. I was supposed to be married. I was supposed to have this career, but someone else has it. And you're looking at it and you might be coveting or you might be thinking, what did I do wrong? But you have to remember your race is unique. Your race is different. And just because someone occupies a seat that you think you should have doesn't mean that there isn't still a seat for you. It might be at a whole different table, right? But the important thing is that God has set that table for you. God has pulled that seat out for you. And now is the time to walk in that. I mentioned it before, don't be a bystander in your faith in this journey. If Solomon's mom had been a bystander, he never would have taken the throne. Because Solomon wasn't saying anything. He was just kind of like, I guess the bro got it. But she knew a word had been spoken to her before God and by God through David. So she was active in this pursuit. She was active in this race. Are you being active in your race? Or are you going to be a bystander and let the opportunities pass you by? You need to be proactive. So yeah, you've been knocked down a couple of times. Get up. Don't stay down because the Lord, the Lord didn't knock you down. Unless he did, unless you're being prideful. That's a whole different thing. We could talk about it later. <laughs> but if you feel like your circumstances, if what's around you has been knocking you down, if a rude coworker has been knocking you down, speak to that in faith. You say, it may look like Adonijah is at the table and that he has the crown and he has the throne, but I remember what my God told me. And he told me that I have a crown. He told me that I have a throne. He told me that that is my portion and I will lay claim to it by faith. We can do that. You have that power to do that, to claim what belongs to you. What God has for you is for you and no one else. It is just for you and no one else. So don't be afraid or reluctant to claim it. I know I've been that way. I got, when we made the switch over to Fondren, and pastor was like, Hillary, you're going to be over at Fondren. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> what? He's like, yeah, like, I want you to be the executive pastor. I want you to learn and grow. And I was like, no, you don't. <laughs> I told him several times, are you sure? And he was like, yes. And I was like, hmm, I don't know. And pray about it a little bit. You know, you're a pastor and all, so just double check. And then it got to the point where he was like, stop asking me. I've told you. I've already prayed about it. This is for you. 
And I realized that what God had for me was bigger than what I could imagine. Because I never thought I would be doing this. I never thought I would be on stage in front of you guys. I didn't think I'd be helping build this type of community, but God had it for me, whether I knew it or not. So instead of being complacent and just sitting around and waiting for Fondren to open or whatever it was, the Lord pushed me to be proactive in this. You know, from building furniture in April, the rocking chairs in the nursery, prime, if you've never sat in them, come visit, they're very comfortable. Actually, I didn't build them, Mallory did and Haley, but I was aware, I was there, I handed a tool, I'm sure. (laughs) But I had to be proactive in what God had for me. And I had to accept the call and the promise that he has placed over my life. And he's doing that for you too. It might seem big, it might seem uncomfortable, you might be questioning it, but again, if it's from God, it's for you. Amen? Amen. I love that. Um, And another thing that we learned from this story is that promotion has a process. It's not just, bam, it happens. This, This promotion took years, took decades. The promotion didn't happen until King David kind of was on his way out, right? But I did learn that in reading this, we might not get a timeline, which I know is what we all want, because I don't know about you, but if the Lord would just tell me exactly when and where to be, when and where to be there, I'd be there. Easy. But instead, he gives me steps, right? Slowly but surely. And I don't know exactly when, the time, the day, or the hour. But when we read this story, we, we can see the steps of promotion. Number one, God says it. He makes that promise. He says what the promotion is going to be. Two, he confirms it. David had to confirm it to say, no, the Lord did tell me this. This was my promise. This is exactly what's going to happen. Number three, God does it. It happened. Yay. And number four is literally yay. The earth responds. But it responds to heavenly proceedings with like a bold earthly response. The city shook because they were celebrating it was so big that it disturbed the fake feast that was going on just down the road. The same is happening for you. Whatever that promotion is, think about it. What did God say to you? Has he confirmed it? Wait for it. Do the steps that you need to do because then he's going to do it, but you have to celebrate when it's been done. Our God, he believes in celebration, and I don't think we talk about that enough. But he does things with gladness and with joy, and it's our duty to respond to it. We can clap, we can cheer, we can be excited. And I don't know when church got so structured and tight where we can't do that, but I'm here to remind you that Old Testament, God was sending heavenly hosts to to celebrate. Old Testament, God was bringing news that shook cities. He's still doing that today. We can shake that city in celebration for you and your promise. And and that's so important about being in community is having people to celebrate the wins with you and who will mourn losses with you. That's why God designed the body the way that he did because we are supposed to do this together. 
the same process of promotion. We see it with Jesus, specifically baby Jesus, because Christmas. You know, the Lord spoke baby Jesus, said that the Savior was to come, right? He spoke it. He confirmed it time and time again. How many prophecies did we see about the Messiah? He did it. Baby Jesus came in a manger, And then in Luke, it says that heavenly host sang praises once he arrived. Shepherds came and followed a star to pour out blessings and give gifts to him. They celebrated the promotion because the Messiah had come. Promotion has a process. And when we look at that, we can see where are we in this process? Where do we want to be, right? If the Lord has said to you, your promotion is coming, you're going to be a doctor, where are you in the process? Did he confirm it? Surely. Is he doing it? Are you in school? And soon you get your lab coat and we celebrate, right? That's what promotion looks like. That's what godly promotion looks like. And just like Solomon, your promotion cannot be taken away. And I want to encourage you, even in the natural, if it doesn't look the way it's supposed to look, your promise is coming. Your promise is a promise. And to God, that means something different than what we say here on earth. We mess up promises all the time. But thank the Lord, he is so much greater than that. He sees things through to the very end. Pastor Joel says it all the time. If it's not good, God's not done. So look at your situation as we head into this new year. If your finances aren't good, God's not done. That promotion is coming, but spend some time reflecting with him to figure out what it is that he wants to do in your life. If your relationship with your children is not good, God's not done. Accept that promotion. Claim it as your own. I will sit at a table with my kids in joy and in gladness because you designed family. It is your promise to me. You gave me this family. So I receive that and I will see where I am in this process of promotion. Did you confirm it? Great. What do I need to do next? Because I know that promotion's coming. If it's something at work, same thing. It may look like somebody has the seat that you're supposed to be in, but God is too good to leave you where you stand. And if he said you're supposed to be a leader and not a follower, a leader you will be. It is your destiny. It is your calling. It is for you. Claim that. Declare it over the year. Declare it over yourself. Because something I've also learned from Pastor Joel and just pastors in general The prayers that we sow now, the seeds that we sow now, the harvest is coming. And we don't want to be too late. We have to sow that seed now. So if you haven't, get some alone time with the Lord. Maybe you're in here and you don't know what he's spoken to you because you don't know how to hear him. That's okay. Just know that God is speaking and The best advice I can give you for how to hear the Lord is to read his word, get familiar with his voice. So then when he speaks, it's a little more recognizable. It's like when you were a kid and you were in the grocery store and you got lost and your mom could say your name in a crowd of a million people and somehow you always heard it. Anybody? 
I know some people, your dad's whistled. Weird, but you know your dad's whistle over any other whistle? Just saying. God's the same way. If you spend time with him, you get familiar with that voice. You will know what he's saying to you. You will know what he's speaking over you. You will know what the promise is for you. And I hope it's promotion because if y'all win, I win. That kind of thing. We're family, right? But you need to remember that God has a race set for you. And it is just for you. I'm going to invite the team back up as I begin to close. If you don't know what, what it is you're supposed to be doing, I don't want you to feel that pressure of I'm too far behind. That doesn't exist, right? Because you're exactly where you're supposed to be. And I just kind of want to speak to that here and now, because I know that's a big thing. Especially, like, I think it's so weird that you go into college at 18 years old and you're supposed to pick, like, your forever career. Bizarre. Because at 18, what? Who am I? Responsible? No. <laughs> to pick a career? Negative. I went to school for marketing. What am I doing? Ministry. It's weird. <laughs> but <laughs> all that to say, God had a plan for me, even though I was studying marketing. He took, it took a lot of weird turns to get here, but I'm here walking in the promise, walking in what God said that I am supposed to be doing. So that's okay. And if you want to, if you need prayer for that, to know what your calling is, I'll be down front after service, and I would love to pray with you for that. Pray with you that you hear your calling, but also that you come to know the Lord's voice, because that really is the first step. It's the biggest step. But I do want to encourage you guys. Get a journal. Reflect. Look at this past year and look at all the things that God has said to you. Try to remember what the last step was that he gave you. Because if you didn't do it, probably should get to it. I'm working on my steps. Because <laughs> there is something for you on the other side. And for some of you, your race, like I said, might seem crazy, might seem too big almost to handle. You need to know that if God calls you to it, the provisions always is already there for you to, to carry out everything that you need to do. So take heart. Run that race with perseverance. Don't be discouraged by what's going on to the left or to the right. Don't be discouraged by your Adonijah who's sitting and throwing a feast. And you're like, where's my feast? Your feast is coming. Hold fast to the words that God speaks over you. Not the words that this world speaks over you. Because this world will trick you. It will deceive you. It will tell you all kinds of lies to keep you from going where you need to go. Like literally, probably like three months ago, I had it in my brain, like maybe I'm supposed to be a music producer instead of a pastor. What? No, that was insane. That was just me being silly. <laughs> it was me being distracted, right? Because God has called me to a specific race and he's doing the same for you. Get into community with him. You are far better off in his hands than anywhere else, I assure you. And I know we have some communion cups on the, on the seats here. I'd love it if everyone would just stand and we can take communion together. 
just as a reminder of the, the relationship and the promises that God has with us, the covenant that we have with him. And if you're new to church, you're wondering, what is this thing that we're doing? It's weird. Well, let me tell you. <laughs> it's just a little reminder of the promise that God spoke over us. It's a reminder of the promotion that he is destined for us, and that's for us to go to heaven to join him. And so just before Jesus went to the cross, he was uh, having Seder, having dinner with the disciples. And he, he did this, what we're about to do. He offered them communion. And he said to do this in remembrance of me. So if you want to take the cracker that's there, you're supposed to break it in half. I know it's little, but that cracker symbolizes Jesus's body that was broken for us so that we could come into this new life, so that we could step into this new promise. If you want to, you can go ahead and take the body. And then that little bit of juice represents Jesus's blood that was poured out for us so that we could have communion with heaven. It represents the veil being torn. It represents God not being a distant God, but a God who lives and walks with us. And it's a reminder of that promise. If you would, just go ahead and take the, the juice. And I'd love to pray. Father, I just thank you for your promise. I thank you that you are a promise keeper. I thank you that you've called us to do something specific in this world, but moreover, something specific for the kingdom, God. And just in remembering this, this community that we have with you, we just say, have your way in our lives, God. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for the promise that you've given us, God, in him. Thank you for the promise of new life and eternal life. And thank you for the promise of community, Lord. God, you are good and you are worthy to be praised. And there's none like you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.